Tom Moore is a hero in the United Kingdom. In the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, the World War II veteran decided to mark his 100th birthday on April 30th by walking 100 laps in his garden, a total of 1.6 miles. Using his walker, Captain Moore walked 10 laps a day in his garden to raise funds for British hospitals and organizations helping those affected by the virus. Moore helped his effort, hoped rather his effort would raise maybe a thousand pounds from his friends. But soon, word of his effort went viral and pledges poured in. When he walked his hundredth lap on April 17th, Moore had raised more than 19 million pounds, $23.7 million. But that's not the best part of the story. Frank Mills is six years old, and he lives in Bristol, England. Frank has spina bifida. He was born prematurely with a gap in his spine that prevented his spinal cord from developing properly in the womb. Frank struggles to get around with a walker. When Frank watched Tom Moore walk his hundred laps, Frank wanted to walk with his own walker to raise money for National Health Services charities together. 10 meters a day, he decided, about 33 feet. Frank only started walking with assistance 18 months ago. So 10 meters, 33 feet, is an incredible challenge for him. So Frank's mom and dad marked off 33 feet outside their home, and Frank started walking. The boy's initial goal was perhaps 99 pounds, the age of Tom Moore. But Frank quickly surpassed that objective. After only five days, Frank had raised more than 90,000 pounds, $110,000. Those two stories moved me beyond words. There are no shortages, you might say, of heroes and saints among us. A hundred-year-old father and grandfather, a member of the greatest generation, takes to his walker to do what he can to raise money for the country's severely strained health care service. And his courage his generosity, his tenacity inspires a little boy to pick up his walker and to do the same. See, for both Tom and Frank, the good they can realize inspires them to put aside whatever fears and doubts they have about their own physical limitations. Too often, too often isn't the truth that we let our own fears slowly kill and destroy our hopes, our enthusiasms, our very spirits? Isn't it fear that oftentimes in our life comes and paralyzes us from being able to do anything? We feel frozen, unable 
to move in any direction. We desperately fear, and oftentimes in our fear, we strike out at that which we do not understand and whatever threatens the life we've grown comfortable with and whatever challenges our vision of the world and what enables us to make some sense of our lives. Three times in today's gospel, Jesus says to his disciples, do not be afraid. We have nothing to fear before God. The only fear is to fear God, but not in the sense of being afraid, but rather to be in awe of God. To be in awe of a God who repeatedly says, you didn't love me, I loved you first. And my love is that which reaches out and touches you. Oh, I can think of how many people Tim and Frank probably have inspired over these past weeks. Yesterday, we had a very difficult funeral here for a 39-year-old woman, Christy Conniff, a mom from our school. Christy and her husband, Tony, have three children in the school, one just completing second grade, the other fourth, the other fifth grade. In a very freak accident on Friday evening, Christy had a brain bleed, which after 45 hours of not being able to stop, she finally went home to the Lord Jesus. So yesterday was certainly the largest funeral that we have had in months, having to deal with masks and social distancing. And once again, Ed live streamed into the school gymnasium where we were able to put another 300 chairs. Confessions and mass before that, and during that time, my anxiety was very high, knowing that there would be a number of children, whether they were here or they were watching the live stream. I learned a long time ago that when you don't know what to say or when there's really nothing to say, it's better to say nothing than to just say something to fill the space. But I was praying that the Lord would inspire me with words to bring some kind of comfort or healing or peace, especially to those three children. I was praying and praying and into the gathering space I wandered in and the youngest who just completed second grade who was supposed to make first communion just a few weeks ago in the month of May here, and of course first communions have gotten pushed into the month of July, and we'll do them at weekend masses, five, six, seven, eight children at a time. And um, the kind of family had already signed up for the weekend of July 11th. The little one wanted me to be sure that I knew that the rosary that mom was holding was her first communion rosary that she received when she made her first communion at St. Sebastian's. And mom had promised her that she could have her rosary. I found my anxiety growing again, not knowing quite what to say other than, that's wonderful, Scarlet, isn't that wonderful? Mom wants you to have her rosary. And very calmly, she looked at 
at me and said, want to make my first communion today because I want mom to be here. So before the closing of the casket, they swapped rosaries out, putting a different rosary into Christie's hands and took Christie's first communion rosary and put it into Scarlett's who held onto it in her hands through the entire mass with the biggest smile she had on her face. And as soon as that little girl told me she wanted to make First Communion, in my head I heard the Lord Jesus say, and why are you so terrified, Dennis? Look at the children. And immediately all my fear was gone and I knew that that which I had to preach was just to preach to the three children. Forgetting about all the adults who were sitting here or in the gym watching a live stream or those who were at home. But just to focus my energy on three children whom I have known through their years here, whom I have given first Eucharist to, to the other, the older two children. And when the funeral was over, the little one squeezed me really tightly. And looking at mom's casket, she said, we did it, mom. The children had left a picture with mom of all of them wearing t-shirts that said, we can do this. We can do this. How often do we think we're the ones who need to teach children, but the children are the ones who are always teaching us? We can do this. And the next time you hear that voice inside of you saying, I can't, I don't know how, I'm afraid to try, I don't think I have what's in me, I don't think I have enough to do this, Think of a little girl that says, we can, we got this. We can do this. And with the Lord Jesus, you and I, we got this. We can do this. So why are we so terrified?